Nobody's gonna hurt anybody. We're all gonna be like three little Fonzies here. And what's Fonzie like? Come on, Yolanda, what's Fonzie like? Cool. What? Cool. Correct the mundo. And that's what we're gonna be. We're gonna be cool. We're gonna be cool. What's going on, guys? We're the Three Little Fonzies. I'm here with my my buddies Greenwald and Dish. We're three college friends who, I don't really know how else to say it, but I think you could say we've missed each other ever since we graduated, you know? Nowadays, we're always texting about different things, just such as movies, sports, what's going on in the world, maybe a little bit of gambling, I don't know. But the truth is, sometimes we differ, all right? Like every good friendship, we have our disagreements. I mean, on one hand, I got Liam trying to convince me of a different fucking conspiracy theory every week, talking about how Donald Trump is a fucking lizard or some shit. And then on the other hand, we got Greenwald telling me Pete Davidson's the funniest guy on earth. I mean, where do we draw the line? So that's why, that's exactly why we're going to start a podcast, right? To settle our debates once and for all. And hopefully for letting you guys decide who has the best rationale. Uh, So that's kind of our introduction. Uh, Guys, what do you got to say? Welcome to the first episode. Yeah, well, all right. Well, a couple of things, a couple of things. First of all, that is absolute, absolute bullshit about Pete Davidson. I fucking hate Pete Davidson. Uh, he's not funny at all. He's not cool. And I have no idea why people like him. Second of all, it is, That's good, not he, what it you is said. good to be here. That's not what you said. Okay, whatever. Yeah, we're going to trust the lizard guy. Listen, it's good to be here with you guys. I'm glad, you know, Connor set that up well. I certainly have some strong opinions. I know Liam does too. Connor does himself. I think he sold himself a little short there. He's got a fair share of his own opinions. But, you know, we used to, you know. Hey, I'm going to defend Pete Davidson at a later point, actually. You know, I mean, I, I know okay, you don't like well, Pete Davidson. I kind of set you up like that. But we'll definitely have our Pete Davidson talk at some point. I think it's ready to go. Get, yo, guys, now. wait, both of you real quick. Just get Pete Davidson's massive cock out of your mouths, please, so we can finish the podcast. Just get his cock yeah. out of your mouth. Yeah, I agree. The last thing I want to add. The last thing I want to add to the intro here is for any of our listeners out there, especially those who've been riding with Connor and I from the days of, of the hot box back in the uh, in the college days on WSOE, the only alternative. All I, all I can say is that since then, there's been a little hole in my heart. Uh, I'm glad to be filling it with this podcast. And I, I know there's been a hole in many hearts out there as well. So yeah, good to void. be with you there's guys. Been a, I um, agree. There's to- a total there. void in my life since the hot box days. And that's and that's kind of where I came in here. I obviously went to school with both Connor and Jack. Would always listen to the hot box. It was kind of a cool little cult following we would almost have at Elon, whether it be alumni, students at Elon. So sitting at home during quarantine, you know, we're all getting bored. We're all connecting with each other through Zoom. I'm not going to get as sentimental as Connor because, I mean, I'm not like that. But, yeah, I guess Ouch. I miss the boys okay. a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't miss you that much, but whatever. Uh, well, I mean, I think I um, think Greenwald, shut up! Greenwald, shut up! So I just wanted to bring the boys together. I missed the hot box. I knew my boys would be down, and I hope you guys like the content we have. You yeah, no, this is right. It was actually Dish that came to us with the idea, and uh, we're gonna settle our debates once and for all, or, or any of these things we talk about. We're not, we're not always debating. Sometimes we agree, but uh, no, I mean, you guys got some I wild expect- takes, and I'm I'm gonna put you in your place. That's that's what's gonna happen. Especially to kick it off, like I think one of the first things that came to my came to my mind when Liam came up with this idea 
is that there's always this shit on my mind that I want to air out. And I just want to run something by you guys kind of to kick things off here. Something that's been on my mind that's been pissing me off a lot lately. Let's hear it. Obviously, with the fact that we're all in our houses more and more, we're not allowed outside. Socializing has been difficult. There's been a few trends that I've seen emerge on social media that have driven me over the fucking moon insane. And there's three that I want to really go through in particular. The first is people posting pictures from the pre-COVID days being like, oh, remember better days. And it's just basically a way to brag about what their lives entailed beforehand because they haven't had the opportunity to share brags about their lives currently. Since well, what do you expect them travels. to do right now? What, what, what can they post right now that, that would be okay for you? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Titties? Just, you know, I, I mean, all, we're always okay with titties. <laughs> obviously. Like titties. We're not, we're not hating on the titties, but I mean, it ties into, it ties into just this overall influencer mindset that they feel people feel like they need to be providing this content. It ties into the other two that I have one being this, this trend. I don't know if you guys are seeing it. it's particularly girls not trying to be sexist, but I see it a lot with girls where they post pictures of themselves reading a book in front of a beautiful foreground, but it's never about the book. It's always about the foreground and their legs and how nice their no. legs look, whether they're oiled up, they just shaved, whatever it is. I don't know if you guys have noticed that trend, but I doubt that these, no. these people are caring about Green the walls. intellectual. Yeah. Yeah. What dish? Yeah. That reminds me too. It's like when people are going to Starbucks and they get a drink and they're in their dad's Mercedes or the Tesla and they take, Oh, morning coffee just happened to be right next to that Mercedes logo or, or right next to that Audi logo. There is nothing on God's green earth that pisses me the fuck off more than that. Yeah. That's it's like funnier. chai latte. And then the third one, yeah, it actually ties right into the social justice thing is like, I'm glad to see that people are so motivated around the issues that are facing our country and the broader world in general. And I'm glad people are putting their money quite literally where their mouths are. But I don't need to know. You don't need to tell me to match your donation. I'm very proud of you for donating. But just shout out the organizations and say they're great places to look to. Don't tell us about your donation and how much you donated. It just becomes personal and about you. It's a brag and it's like, look how good I am. Greenwald, I've and gotten like five Snapchats from you donating to different organizations oh, t- telling me to match you. What are you talking Add about? Add C. Coughlin, use a bitch if you ain't doing no, it. No, I'm, te- I'm, I'm the Ted Danson of the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. I'm the anonymous donor. I'm the anonymous donor. I'm not putting my name as a label on things. Fair okay? enough. Fair enough. I'm anonymous. Dish, what's going on right. with you? Uh, we're, we're early on in the week this week. What's what's happening with you? What are you thinking? Yeah, pretty early on this week. Uh, getting ready to go back to New York City next week. Finally starting work again. So it's kind of, you know, the seas are almost opening up. Moses is parting the way. I feel like the world's coming back to normal. Um, what I'm most pumped about is baseball coming back, and what I'm most interested about and what's on my mind is we're dealing with a 60-game season, and I'm all for different like sports being played at different times, sports being played, how the NBA is doing it, and I'm all for it. I'm just wondering what's on my mind if there will be an asterisk next to the World Series champion. If you look back to the 1998 Yankees, I think, which is one of the most underrated teams of all time, they won 110 games or 114 games. That's still a record to this day. They started off like one and four, like three and a half, five games back behind the Red Sox. 
But just imagine if that was a 62-game season. They might not have even made the playoffs. Yeah, well, conversely, conversely, the Mets were like 13-0 and last season, and we all exactly. know how that fucking went. They didn't even make no. the playoffs. But, dude, I, I don't saying. think there's going to be an asterisk next to anyone's name considering Unless it's the, the Yankees. Astros still don't even have <laughs> no, an asterisk next to their name officially. Right. And we all know they cheated. Oh, of course yeah, they do. Right. Of course they do. Yes. No, but my well, thing this is... To the, to the public, they do. My thing is, wait, why is the asterisk coming into play if every team is dealing with the same situation? No, I'm just saying, I mean, if you listen, a lot of people will say that there will be an asterisk next to that name. I believe, and I disagree that there shouldn't be, but I see what you're saying. Like, everyone's on the same level playing field, but they are used to playing 162. Yeah, I, I get I that, mean. and uh, I see your point about the Yankees, but, I mean, on the other hand, if a team has a great record out of 60 games, I'm going to credit them for their own merit, for because yeah. that's a, an accomplishment in its own. Also, right. dude, we might see, we might see changes... Like, I just saw that the NFL is already looking into canceling their preseason games. If there is a season, I pray there is, but I doubt it, that there may not be preseason football moving forward or there'll be very little, which, you know, who knows how that would impact Hard Knocks. That could be its own conversation. Like, would Hard Knocks disappear? That would suck. But preseason football is worthless. Like, I think 180 games of baseball is a little more than necessary. So, you know, if the season's reduced as a result of the way this goes, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Look at the NBA. LeBron is such a dominant figure. He's 35. If he didn't have this potential rest, I mean, he's going to be coming back well rested. You think? Do you think it's fair to maybe give the Lakers an asterisk if they win the world championship? I would say, of course not. I mean, we're all dealing no, with same I, circumstances. Kawhi Leonard likes his breaks too. Uh, I, I, I think everyone's dealing with the well, same circumstances. Well, the only thing that'll change if the MB, if people in the NBA don't participate in the season like DeAndre uh, Jordan is already saying not that the Nets are participating in the playoffs anyways probably but like you know if players on good teams decide not to play for reasons of coronavirus or whatever then the teams wouldn't be as good as they should have been or something like that you know what that's I mean? an so, issue and you know what the biggest issue with that is I don't know if you followed but Kyrie Irving is the president of the Players Association I don't know who in God's name wanted him in that position <laughs> but he was adamantly for them playing and then came back once this whole new, like, new... Um, once he realized KD wasn't suiting up. And yeah, him. Once and KD was like, up. I'm not playing this season. He KD was, was like, one of the OG like, coronavirus We don't need to talk patients. about Kyrie right now. Such, such a bad leader. I'm still bitter about the Celtics. We'll talk about Kyrie another time, maybe. What's on my mind is sure. Cam Newton... Going to the Patriots. What a huge (laughs) deal. A one-year incentive-based deal, which to me screams low-risk, high-reward. I mean, I couldn't be happier about this. I mean, I know some of of my fellow loyal Patriots fans, some of my friends actually wanted to give Jarrett Siddham the opportunity, which I think is a bit foolish. I mean, he's only 23 years old, fourth-round draft pick from last year. I'm not saying he's not the future guy, but I mean... Could it really hurt him Him being a backup for Cam Newton a little bit? Especially the upside yeah. Cam Newton potentially brings. We're right back in the mix, babies. I, I can't believe Greenwald thought the Jets might have won the AFC East this year. Uh, this is yeah. this was a that, true... That's a Jets worst nightmare. It's just like was, phase two. Phase two of the this, empire. This was, you know, this was Rose not making room for... Uh, for Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet not making room for Leonardo DiCaprio on the floating door at the end of Titanic. That's how gutting this was for me. 
Uh, just when you think the Patriots are out of your it. Your tears bring they, me joy. They your don't make room for joy. you on the door. They don't make room for you on the door. They let you freeze. They pick up Cam Newton. Unbelievable. I don't know what the fuck. I want to send out a memo to the rest of the fucking NFL and be like, what are you doing? Aren't you as mad about the Patriots being as good as they've been? For what was so the long thing Teeter really sent? Chase Daniels making more money than, than Cam and Jameis combined, I think, or something like that? That's ridiculous. That's crazy. Yep. It's absurd. And the one-year deal, high, low, high, high reward, low risk piece is just like, if that's the contract he was going to sign and you're the Bears, why didn't you sign him? If you're the you Steelers, signed Nick Foles why didn't you him. sign him? Like, they signed Nick what Foles. What the hell? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I just don't get it. I mean, they, they signed Nick Foles, like, back before this happened. But still, like, I just don't understand. Knowing the Patriots were going to do this, it's like the writing is on the wall, people. How are you going to let this happen? It's it's actually unbelievable. It's unfathomable to me. I really don't understand how the league continues to get just absolutely one-upped by the Patriots time and time again. It's well, ridiculous. Considering, considering Dish, you're a Giants fan, and Greenwald, you're a Jets fan, it makes me happy, to say the least, to figure... I mean, I, listen, from my you. perspective, I know it well, makes you happy, you. but we beat you twice in the championship, so yeah, I don't mind in the Super Bowl. If Brady can crack so, jokes I, I, about I, that, I can laugh about it, too. I'm over it at this point. Exactly. That's fine. So I don't, That's fine by me. We're 2-0 against you guys in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, yeah. Murray. I'm happy that the Jets... What was that? What was that? You, Murray, you can't mur the mur. I am the king mur. Speaking of murring, I know you're going to mur at me about this, but I... When I say I woke up in a cold sweat in my girlfriend's bed the other day, thinking nice. about whether yeah, or not sick. Kit Kat, no, sick. shut up, shut up, you assholes. Sick. Thinking at 5 a.m., thinking about whether or not Kit Kat has a hyphen in it. Dish, why don't you uh, tell us what the fuck that's supposed to mean? So I recently watched this movie called The Mandela Effect. And for people who are unfamiliar with this, The Mandela Effect is this worldwide phenomenon where once Nelson Mandela died in, what, 2012, 2013? However, once he died... All right, tell us about this. And connect man. this back to Shut this up. Kit Kat point Shut for me. But continue, I'm sorry. I will. So then there's this, like, conspiracy that about... Like, something like 15 to 30% of the population had the same exact memory of a funeral held in 1993 for Mandela with facts state, like, <sighs> such as what his wife said at the funeral. Just let me finish. I know you're about to talk, Coughlin. All of these things about Nelson Mandela, which led them to look into more and more things, such as, did the Monopoly man have a monocle? Do you guys remember whether or not the Monopoly man had a monocle? A monocle. I, I, a yes, he does have a That's monocle. a stupid one. You no, said this doesn't. Curious George this bullshit curious to me George again. No, he shot. doesn't. No, he doesn't. No. Shut up. Okay. No shot. Okay. But uh, the no. Monopoly man never had a monocle. Does Kit Kat have a hyphen in it? When were you thinking of it? What what no, memory I've are you accessing to unlock that? Who the yeah, fuck remembers so if a kid if a kid has a hyphen or not? This conspiracy is basically a bunch of people. A bunch of people have shitty memories. Let's let's act like things were different because they didn't remember them that way. That's essentially what it is. Dish, going back to your Mandela yeah. point, he wasn't. Go, go, go back to. He it. wasn't released from prison. Until 1990, okay? He was voted president. Oh, yeah, he wasn't even president until 1994. And you're telling me everyone thinks that he died in 93? Yes, I'm telling you there is a there is a belief that people thought that he was already dead, is my point. And then they started turning back 
to yes, the movie Invictus with, with uh, Morgan Freeman. I, I, okay, Matt Damon. that's about the 95 Rugby World Cup. And you're telling me he died in I 1990. Know. I'm telling you. I'm not telling you that Mandela Matt died. Damon. I know he died in 2012. What I'm do telling you? you is that's how the Mandela effect started. So now let me finish. Yes, I do. Now shut your goddamn track. So they start linking it to the specifically, I don't know if you guys remember this, the Bernstein Bears. Oh, I hate this fucking argument too. Okay, tell us about the Bernstein okay, Bears. Okay, well, shut your fucking mouth and let me talk. So people have this thought that there's at, that that's proof that there's a parallel universe that we get shuffled around where some people come in from universes where the Bernstein Bears are spelled S-T-E-I-N and some are spelled S-T-A-I-N. And things like some people come from a world where the Monopoly Man might have a monocle where some don't. <laughs> Others attribute it to time traveling. Have you heard of the Butterfly Effect? <laughs> You guys know anything about One of my traveling? favorite movies, Butterfly Effect, yeah. by the way, Ashton Kutcher. Okay. But yes, I have yeah. heard of the Butterfly Effect. Yes. So you can't k- kill a butterfly yes, in time. But Someone d- could have come back in time and fucked up a Kit Kat bar. So that's how the know. hyphen got eliminated from the Kit Kat bar. That makes a lot of sense. And going back to your Bernstein Bears point, Dish, the Bernstein Bears was written by people whose fucking last names were the Bernsteins. Okay, they spelt the name of the Bears the same I, way their yeah. last name is. So yeah, but the point is that's not how their name was always spelled. So somebody went back in that's time and, and changed the Bernstein family name, is what you're saying? Or, or, or the alter in an alternate universe, some of us believe that it was Bernstein and some of us believe it was Bernstein. We happen to all be in. So, this so you're in this alternative alternative universe, then? You might be. I don't know. You, you guys are part of and our you, simulation. You are one of those. I don't know. This is ridiculous. We're not living oh. an episode of Westworld. Not to mention, like, if you could show me one picture, well, actually, I guess you probably could easily because you'd be doctored. But no, if you could show me a real is, Kit Kat bar that someone change. had saved, oh, like a real Kit Kat bar that Look, had the dash, maybe you. I would, maybe I would believe you. Other examples: Sex in the City, Sex and the City. <laughs> that is such a shit example. The tip of Pikachu's tail. I remember it being black, and I love Pikachu. He came to my third birthday party. And he had one. Okay, alright. Some of these things, dude. But there's they're no just, proof of them ever. They're just there's evolutions. No they're just evolutions of brands. You look. They're just brands evolving. Look at that Curious George. Look look at that tail yeah. dish. You're, look, I remember look at that flipping pe- up. Look at that sh- piece of Yo, shit tail. It doesn't look clay. real whatsoever. <laughs> it's not my... Yeah. Whoa, let's not talk shit about Kira George now, boys. That was a fantastic book. Bro, that I looks like you. someone drew that on with a smart board marker. You guys are idiots. Alright, we've wasted we've wasted enough time on this. We're not we're not talking about this anymore. This is a great reason why we have this podcast, is that Liam likes to frequent websites that pander to his small minded ways. And his ways of just incorrect <laughs> oh, beliefs. Captain CNN. I'm talking, of course. Captain CNN. We I'm talking, of course, about the one and only yeah. Fox News Network. Now, I want to bring this clip here that of course something do. I think is, is going to be good to talk about as we move forward. Obviously, this is an election year. It's as polarizing a time as ever between, you know, COVID and Black Lives Matter and everything that we're dealing with today um, from a social standpoint and political standpoint. Uh, I want to just talk on this podcast every now and again about some things that I see on the right side of the aisle being uh, being kind of thrown out there as real news. 
So I want to show you guys this clip. This clip is of uh, Liam's hero, Tucker Carlson, talking about the protesters and what he thinks. This man is on prime time every evening. This is from one of his segments. I, uh, I'm going to share with you guys, and then I want to uh, quickly just kind of divulge and see if Liam can show me anything that the left has been pandering over the past uh, week that's more absurd than this. It would change the course of this country's future if the Justice Department rounded up the leaders of Antifa tomorrow, along with every single person caught on camera torching a building, destroying a monument, defacing a church, and put them all in shackles, and then frog-marched them in front of cameras like MS-13 and called them what they actually are, domestic terrorists. Yeah, so let's, let's, just, let's just dissect what our great friend Tucker is, is saying here. So let's start with the fact that he's using the Albert Pike statue being taken down as an example. Albert Pike, a senior officer of the Confederate Army, he was offended that that got taken down. So let's start with that. But more importantly, okay. he doesn't stop at Antifa as being people who should be arrested. And we'll get to what else he says. He says every protester, every rioter caught on camera, every single person, even those who are caught on camera, but maybe be doing peaceful things. And he says they should be shackled and frog marched on the streets of Washington, D.C. and labeled as domestic terrorists and that it would change the course of our human history. That's what Jeez. Fox News is telling you. OK, you tell me that you think that's I, you think okay, that's right, listen, Liam. No, I do not think it's right at all. I think that's fucking terrible. All Confederate statues should come down as we've spoken about before. There's no Nazi fucking symbols around. Um, Germany. It's not like you see Nazi flags in Germany, like Confederate flags here. But I'm also thinking about, did you see the uh, statue of Matthias Baldwin that was defaced, who is an abolitionist who funded schools for black children out of pocket? Yo, but this that is what, like, this is what I'm saying is like, why use a, why use the Albert Pike statue as an example? Why yeah, use the I example agree with of you. a That's senior exactly. Confederate officer? That, be there could have been that. many more. You're right. They, no, you, no one should be offended by that. If you're offended by that, you're probably a racist and you don't know it. I'm not. I don't care if Confederate. So, so Tucker out. Carlson is probably a racist. I mean, he might be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, all right. I, I, that's your that's your right. prime time Fox News host right there. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to talk happy. to talk to you about this. I thought you would defend said your I boy agree. a little bit you more. Think, Can we also just what, quickly what touch on the fact you, that Tucker Carlson what, looks like he's still living in his like fraternity glory days? Like I don't know what I age know, he is. He he's at least forty, and he's rocking that hairdo. He's the type of dude you see like he's like a classic snowboarding dad, like a dad that you see snowboarding wearing like all Burton gear, and it's just like, dude, when you reach the age of forty-five, you should probably learn to ski. And not keep snowboarding in your Burton gear. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I do just want to say though, Greenwald, you act like I religiously watch Fox News and I'm some <laughs> sort of like all the way right wing. Like I wake up, I turn on Fox News, I have my alerts on. Like if I miss well, I Tucker know. Carlson, like I'm gonna skip like a fucking dinner to watch him. Like you're acting like this is like you can watch uh, him with dinner. Tommy me. Tommy yeah. Lauren is your phone background, but but what are you gonna say there? I mean, okay, come on. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Anyway, something that I had brought up. Yeah, tell me why uh, there's something more know. ridiculous on the left than that. I dare you to yeah, tell me something. something more ridiculous on India. Yes, I <laughs> fucking am Greenwald. That's the point. Stop fucking murdering. Can you see this screen? How? Hold on. 
Have you seen how activists want to change the Star Spangled Banner to Imagine by John Lennon? Who did? That's actually hilarious. Who did? Historian Daniel E. Walker, an activist journalist from the left, Francis Scott Key, who was a white slave owner who made overly racist remarks, is no longer uh, appropriate that lyrics he wrote should still be the national anthem. Uh, fine. Like... That's fine by me. But you know who they want to do it? John Lennon. You know what John Lennon has done? John Lennon is what? a white beater. He beat both Yoko whoa, Ono and whoa, his Whoa, 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 whoa. Take Let a me... fucking step back. So, so we're attacking yeah, now, the Beatles. Whoa, whoa. So we're attacking the Beatles. Shut up. Greenwald, shut up. I'm attacking the hypocrisy that, yes, let's get rid of the national anthem because he was a slave owner. But what about all the people that John Lennon, the wives that he's... What source is this? Like What source is this right now? What? This here. He's also not the American. Like, list I must verse. say, he's yeah, he's he not is not American. American. I agree. That that's a terrible fucking uh, idea. Even though, it, which by the way, it's also like his most overrated song. I mean, man was a fucking genius. Him and Paul both, and this song is so overplayed. It's it's ridiculous. But you don't think? And the hypocrisy of this, you don't think people from the Me Too movement are going to be like, why would we want our national anthem to be played by a guy like that that's done things like this? All this shit? Look at this shit. This is like such petty stuff. Talentless. Number five was talentless. talentless. You that, motherfucker. I knew there was like this desperate for money and fame. These are all opinionated. Pathological. What the fuck? These are, this is ridiculous. I will not stand <laughs> for this bullshit from Listverse. I don't even know what the fuck Listverse son. is. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> How can is- I believe... How can I believe emotionally abused his son at number nine? And I know, talentless and is wife beater. <laughs> wife beater's number ten and talentless. Yeah, this is a, five. Pathological liar. This this sounds more like you're a Rolling Stones guy, maybe, and you're not the biggest Beatles fan, and maybe this is just exactly. This I don't know if this like, is a political there, issue. This sounds more like emotions here. There's a lot better songs I could think of that could be our national anthem. Oh, I completely agree, and that's fine. But first of all, you didn't have to go Born and attack John Lennon. Right? Exactly. Yeah, that would be a good one. Which, by the way, yeah, any Bruce Springsteen song, although I, he's not necessarily my favorite. I love, I love the Boss, but like, not necessarily uh, my overall favorite. But yes, I, I agree with what you're saying. Oh, but bottom line, I agree with what you're saying that if we're gonna, but you know, we ended up making all the good points that you could have made. And you walked yourself into some ridiculous rabbit hole you couldn't climb out of that I have no idea what the fuck you were thinking taking yourself there. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, fucking hit that fucking pen. Unbelievable. Slandering John Lennon. Number five is talentless. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Yes. I mean, well. Fuck John Lennon. Oh God! It's, we're not a fuck John Lennon. We're a pro John Lennon podcast. Yeah, we, yeah. We will those get are rid fun. of Liam before those we are tough parting words. Dish on this segment for you to go. Fuck John Jesus Lennon. Jesus Christ! 
I'm never letting you listen to a Beatles song again. I'm gonna fucking turn it off and be like, I Go still fucking listen to Beatles listen songs. Stupid and, and especially when you're least expecting, and especially when it's a late night, you know, after a night out, you're like, I can, I can slip by this Beatles song, and no one's gonna. Greenwald and Connor aren't gonna call me out for it. Oh no, I'm. Fu- we're ready for that fucking moment. Checking my Spotify. Unbelievable. I'm. I'm beside myself. Insanity. All right, so let's let's move on to our next thing. Uh, it's kind of uh, in memoriam of our of our radio show. We kind of call this section the hot box, which is a name we didn't keep because, well, for starters, Mike Mike Tyson kind of jacked it with his podcast. But still, I mean, hot box is our own name. We're gonna call this the hot box because we're kind of asking each other the hot questions. We're kind of in the hot seat going through these answers. I'll so. go on. I'll go on record now and say that if we ever get a hundred thousand subscribers. I will offer Mike Tyson. I will take one punch from Mike Tyson in a ring for the name Hotbox wow. Podcast. Very right. tough <laughs> guy. Tough guy. Greenwald. Very unnecessary. Uh, but okay. <laughs> yeah, probably not going to happen either. That's <laughs> why it's, it's, it's a safe Great bet. Tidbit, it's a safe bet. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. If it hits a million, I'll ask for fucking. Uh, no, you. Show. Mike Tyson gets to take two punches at you. If we get to five hundred, yeah. All right. Well, point is, we all got we all got a question prepared, and we got answers prepared for our own questions in the future. If we have guests on or whatever, we might uh, involve them in the mix. But point being, we all got we all got a question prepared. We all got our answers prepared. We're gonna see uh, who's got the best answers to our own questions. Uh, who's gonna go first? Who's got the first question? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll I'll, I'll ask mine first since it might be a little a little more uh, pertinent to something that happened in the past few days. I mean. So obviously I'm a huge uh, I'm a huge Sasha Baron Cohen fan. I think he's a super multi talented guy. Married to Isla Fisher too, who I love. Wedding Crashers, one of my favorite movies. So the man's just got it all. He's he's firing on all cylinders. But obviously his bread and butter is insane, insanely daring and hilarious pranks and making people look like the idiots that they are. And a few days ago. He was at a far-right rally in Washington, Washington State, where he was on stage for at least five to ten minutes singing about injecting Obama and Hillary with the Wuhan flu, as well as Anthony Fauci, and chopping people up like the Saudis do, and the crowd was emphatically singing along. And yeah, this was hilarious. Yeah, it was like a conservative rally. Everyone, everyone's jumping on board. Yeah. He's asking everyone to sing along. If you haven't seen, you got it, a clip of it, don't you, Greenwald? Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it, I uh, I encourage you definitely to go watch it. But um, we'll plug a little bit of it. So basically, though, obviously this man, he goes to the the absolute extreme. My question for you, Connor and Liam, is across all of the different things he's done, what is Sasha Baron Cohen's best prank and why? Um, so I'll take it first. My favorite is a scene from Borat. So to set the scene, Borat is in the bathtub butt naked and his uncle as well comes in butt naked. And a fight ensues in their li- in the bedroom where... They're 69ing. They're on top of each other. That's your favorite part. I can I I, I I can see why why you enjoyed this so much. But go on. 
Exactly. I, I had to leave the room for a second, but anyway, I rewatched <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that's supposed times. to name and I. Um, all right. So, I, so then it, the the fight fumbles out into the hallway where it goes into a dinner, and mind you, they are both butt naked at a very nice hotel <laughs> dinner. It is filled with sixty plus guests, and these two men are just butt naked wrestling, fighting over each other, like, throwing shit at each other, and these people are standing around like, we're, we're just trying to eat our Caesar fucking salad. We're not trying to see some old man with hairy thong <laughs> in my fucking face. And I, after seeing that, I mean, I don't think I've ever... The funny thing about that one, too, is that you could say that for a lot of his pranks, these people deserve it since they actually participate in the stupid things he convinces them to do. But many of those people were just having a having exactly. an innocent dinner. At their at their hotel, they and were, they were exposed they, they to were two naked wrestling men, and that's that's a lot to have to process. <laughs> Going, all right. Here's my pick, and it kind of relates, Greenwald, to what you were talking about earlier about people kind of uh, having an image that they're trying to give themselves on Instagram or whatever. Or it seems like everything they're doing is a PR stunt. Like if they're taking, if they're involved in the protests, maybe you know. In one way or another, it seems like a publicity stunt, really. One of Baron Cohen's latest things that he dropped, in 2018, he dropped a show called Who's America on Showtime. Now, a lot of people actually think that this prank over the weekend is potentially going to be featured in a season two. In the past, he said it's going to be very difficult to make a season two. So I'm not so sure about that because he's kind of on a lot of people's people's radar in this point. <laughs> but the point of who is America, he's kind of he's pranking all sorts of Americans, all different walks of lives. Like Dick Cheney, he got O.J. Simpson, he got Bernie Sanders to name a few. <laughs> but a lot of just I don't I don't really know how else to say it, but but stupid Americans. I mean, for example, he's got this one hilarious skit. Where he pretends to be this character, Gio Manalo, Gio Manalo, <laughs> billionaire playboy and fashion photographer from Milan. He gets this girl. Now, I never knew who this girl was before. Maybe some of our lady listeners will recognize the name Corinne Olympios, who I guess was on a season of The Bachelor. And she's like prominent on Instagram Apparently she nowadays was crazy. or whatever. Greenwall knows her. Yeah, Greenwall, you probably Greenwall love her. Knows Greenwall, her. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey. Whoa. Greenwall knows her. He gets her to do a photo shoot in an interview to endorse his charity to fight Ebola. She's kind of thinking it's a good PR stunt. Oh, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do this interview uh, talking on behalf of this Ebola-based charity. Point is, she ends up being made to look like such a fool. They begin with a food photo shoot where he's taking pictures of her in front of a green screen so they can use Photoshop to make it look like she's actually in Sierra Leone, like helping <laughs> Ebola directly. They put like designer glasses and give her like a Gucci purse and she's posing in what is supposed to be Sierra Leone surrounded by impoverished African children <laughs> infected with Ebola. It's quite ridiculous. And then they have an interview where he actually persuades her to make up a goddamn story about a warlord from Sierra Leone recognizing her and deciding to call off his planned massacre because he's so delighted to see her. Oh my he gets her to tell this he gets her to say that she's been in Sierra Leone for a month when she's never been. The photoshop the Photoshop photos are supposed to be a testament to that. And she's talking about how he was about to kill 6,000 people in a massacre, but then he was like, is that Corinne Olympios from The Bachelor? <laughs> and, and, he, and he decided to call the, thing, the whole yeah, thing dude, off. Yeah, so. dude, that whole show, it, the, one thing I will say about him, he's very hit or miss. 
that was an absolute hit on that episode. I remember thinking that shit was so funny. Like some of the other ones he did in that character were not that great, but I had no idea who that girl was until I saw that shit. But yeah, it's one thing to take the pictures, but then to literally just read the script that he wrote for her about like where she was and what she was doing in the fake pictures. And for her to do it, it's like, you literally have no one to blame but, you, but yourself when you see that shit come out on, on Who is America. Very bad look. And I also yeah. think it might be reverse psychology that he said it's going to be difficult to make it. Maybe that way people will drop their guards and he's still out there, you know, getting people. I mean, I, I really like both of those. I got to say that if I'm going to if I'm gonna be a man of my word, being truly frustrated with people on Instagram faking their help, I'm going to have to go with Connors on this one just because... Uh, yeah, I mean, that just like totally exposes that exact culture in a better, he does it in a better way than I did, you know? So I got to get that one to Connor. All right. Let me, let let me hit hit you guys with my question then, since I'm a point up now. All right. I don't know if you guys have heard it yet. Kanye just dropped the song called Wash Us in the Blood featuring Travis Scott produced by Dr. Dre. It's his most recent song since that trash gospel album. Now, it's not quite as quotable as some of Kanye's most famous songs, but he still does revert back to referring to himself in the third person like he did in I Love Kanye. Remember when he's like, I miss the old Kanye, straight from the go, Kanye. He's kind of back, back in that mindset this time he's saying... Oh, he's talking about himself? Shocking. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't have the rhythm to this. They don't want Kanye to be Kanye. They want to sign a fake Kanye. They're trying to sign a Kanye. Kanye. <laughs> so, don't quit your good, day job, I, think I, I think I said it just like him. I think I, yeah. Point is, this guy's got so many incredible quotable lines in his rap. So my question to you guys is, what is your favorite Kanye line? Okay, it could be funny. It could be crass. It could be anything. I mean, it's Kanye. He has lines about everything. So so tell me what you think. I want to hear some good, All right, good I'll, classic I'll, I'll take this one since Liam answered my question first. So my my favorite classic Kanye line that comes to mind is off not just my favorite Kanye album by far, which is tough in and of itself because the man has so many great albums, but not yeah, just... Yeah, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't hit you with that question. It has to be a line. It can't be a song. Yeah. That's, that's too complicated. No, but not even that. Yeah. I can tell you right off the bat because I just know that it is my favorite Kanye song. So it's off my favorite Kanye album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, off my favorite song, off that album, Same. Devil in a New Dress. My favorite line from that oh. song that it came to mind when Connor hit us with this question is when he says, hood phenomenon, the LeBron of rhyme, hard to be humble when you stunting on a jumbotron. I'm looking at her like, this is what you really wanted, huh? So many reasons why I like this line. First of all, I love this song. It's got a sample of a Smokey Robinson song. And shout out podcasts in general. One of my favorite podcasts is this is this show called Dissect, where each season he takes one album and dissects it. And the first season was to Pimp a Butterfly. The second season was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And he he's done a lot of great albums since. Every album has been great, but the the MBDTF season was eh, the best lately. Lately, he's missed the mark. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not a huge been. fan of the Beyonce album. I don't really. I I didn't listen to that, but he got me to like Tyler the Creator more than I did when he did uh, Flower Boy, and obviously did some Frank Ocean. But you know, 
all of us have been here in this situation, right? Where like your girl's mad at you and you don't know why. And that's basically the situation that's happening in this song. But he does it in this way where he's talking about sex religiously, but he's, yeah, it's like such a dichotomy. He's talking about sex, but he's talking about it in religious terms. And it's so, so great. So the reason why I like this line too, is that both LeBron and Kanye raised in the Midwest by single mothers and everyone knows that they're two guys who are constantly in the spotlight and people don't really like them, or at least they have very, very strong opinions. So LeBron is a perfect person for him to compare himself to. And being on the Jumbotron, it's like being in the spotlight all the time. It's hard to be humble when you're in the spotlight all the time. And people like them until they start being cocky. And so sometimes both of them, they just kind of said, fuck the haters. And the delivery on this line, the delivery in this song, it's just so fucking good. And the, the production all across this album, I mean, my God, it just, whew, easy choice for me. All right. All right. Dish, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. So, yeah, um, that too is my favorite album. I mean, countless songs I can name on there are just fucking phenomenal. But the one that came to mind for me is we make them say ho because the game is so pimpish choke a south park writer with a fish stick <laughs> and that meant a lot to me because as greenwald knows south park is our my favorite i'm show. a lyrical genius freshman year to watch the new seasons i'm a lyrical genius what is a fish stick? i don't get it just get it man why don't you episode. get it <laughs> so the whole premise behind it is kanye was featured in a south park episode where the joke butters and cartman came up with a joke uh what do you uh what do you gay fish like what are you a fish stick or wow. something okay you botched you the joke you botched that. the joke okay. you yeah. nailed that ruining the joke is gonna hurt your it's argument do this, you like fish it's do you like fish sticks and then when they say yes sticks. oh what you are must you a be gay, gay fish. fish yeah and kanye's yes, like whatever. i so love kanye doesn't fish get it. sticks <laughs> i love fish sticks so he doesn't get it the whole time the episode ends with him dying, and he actually tweeted about after something like, damn, was just killed off on South Park, that hurt, but what else do you expect from South Park, <laughs> along with um, just like a little antidote from him, like, maybe I am too full of myself, and like kind of like a coming about. So that lyric has always been in my head just because I fucking love South Park, and I just love Kanye's creativity and his way to kind of bring that into his music. Okay, yeah, I... So that's definitely I do. I do have an appreciation for that, although I'm not the biggest South Park guy. The fact that he's featured in an episode, I, I, I respect the fact that he's tying... He's not featured. He's not oh, featured okay. in well, still, They made fun tying, of him. They going into the him. South Park world a little bit with his music, I think that's pretty cool. And, uh... I'm going to give the point to Dish for that reason, because Greenwald, he although I like your point... didn't even know the joke. But Greenwald, you know what? I don't yeah, like yes, I don't did. like your comparison. You're comparing Kanye to LeBron. Oh, now listen... In one I, way, you know I, I'm not a huge LeBron guy. It's the line. Okay, but, but, but that's my problem. I'm not the biggest LeBron guy either, but I got to say, I mean... He is a role model citizen. Can I say the same about Kanye? No. Wow. Okay. The really last thing I anything? expected from you is to not like the comparison because you think it paints Kanye in too good of a light. That is let let the record show that Kanye yes! is saying he doesn't yes! like this line Dude. because 
he doesn't want LeBron's name dragged through the mud with Kanye. Honestly, in, in recent years, yeah, Kanye has not tickled my feather. LeBron is a role model citizen while Kanye is dropping these shitty, shitty gospel albums, wearing the Make America Great Again hat, just dropping some bad music in general. He hasn't been in my uh, on a favorable side, favorable side with me the, the last couple of years. Uh I got a couple honorable mentions before we move on. Okay. First of all, from Father Stretch My Hands, part one. I thought this would have been a great answer. This would have been a winner if you guys sang this. Bias. Now if I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole and I get bleach in my t-shirt, <laughs> I'ma feel like an asshole. I'ma feel like an asshole. <laughs> That's so good, that man. Is Come really on. Good. Also, that is, also that college is. dropout, slow jams from college dropout. She got a light skin friend, yep. look like Michael Jackson. Got a dark skin friend, look like, like Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's hilarious too. Come yes. on, boys. Yo, this, this I didn't, great. I didn't yeah. not think these lines. He's got Those a lot of clever good. lines, but it's because that's like such that line just pops out to me in my favorite song by him. And if you listen to it, I'm telling you, it's just yeah. the way he delivers it. Hood phenomenon. You didn't even you remember lost. the you simplest lost. joke Merv, from South Merv. Park. You the lost. whole yeah, episode and I is about and, that. And I still won. And I still won. And I still won. Mer, mer, mer. My question to you guys. I'm done. Let's yeah, go. Done. Hit, us, hit us with the question. Okay. So if you were to be able to smoke a doink with anyone in history, who would it be and what would you want to discuss with them? Connor, why don't you take this first? All right, well, first of all, I mean, I was kind of thinking, I, I get we can include people that historically did not smoke, right? I mean, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah anyone. absolutely, yeah. It's anyone in history. Even though my boy did, so I don't even know why I asked that. But yeah, I would roll the fattest fucking baseball bat for Obama, okay? Me and Obama are going to smoke. Wow. <laughs> we're we're going we're yeah. to smoke a, a fat thumb together. Careful with I mean, that. Back, I might run for office someday. Back in his high school days... <laughs> Back in his high school days in Honolulu, him and his group of stoner friends that called themselves the Choom Gang, which I think is an unbelievable name, the Choom Gang. I'd love to be an honorary member. Fuck. And what exactly what we talk about? I mean, going back to LeBron, I guess. I don't want to. I don't want this to be all about LeBron. He always makes it all about Lebr all about LeBron. But I think we'd have a little lighthearted MJ versus LeBron debate, maybe. Barrio was in Chicago during the Jordan era, for starters. He was briefly featured in the Last Dance documentary. But he's also definitely got some love Very for LeBron, too. Because going back to what I said, LeBron is a model citizen, okay? All right, Greenwald, let's hear your answer. All right, all right. So I had a couple of criteria for this. I do love that answer, but my criteria were two things when I was thinking about it. One... This person should be dead just because for me, I want to think about someone who it's literally impossible for this to happen with now since it's hypothetical. Like there's a chance. Connor, you're right. You're right. I could. Yeah. There's a yeah, chance that you could smoke up. a J with Obama. Like it's not. Yeah. It's, it's no, possible. Absolutely. It is possible. Yeah. So that it's was my first criteria. I might even say. My second criteria was that I wanted it to be someone who was involved with music because, you know, full transparency I don't really, you know, engage in the in the festivities of marijuana anymore. But when I did, I loved listening to music and I thought that was one of the best parts of it. So my pick was the sex symbol, the icon, the artist formerly known as Prince. Prince was an absolute legend and there are multiple reasons why <laughs> I picked Prince. He had 121 guitars that he loved to mess around with. 
I was watching a couple videos of Prince earlier today as I was listening to Purple Rain. This man, this man was touched by God. God made it rain during the halftime performance so that he was playing Purple Rain in the pouring rain with a purple guitar. This man was doing that. Another thing I'd love to get his thoughts on, he's from Minneapolis and, and that's really where the Black Lives Matter movement really took off recently from the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. I'd love to get his thoughts on that. And if you watch the video of While My Guitar Gently Weeps, them him playing it with Tom Petty, uh, who else? Tom Petty, Jeff Lynn, Steve Winwood, all these amazing guitar players, he comes out and solos and just completely cucks them all in a savage like suit. He's playing the guitar, falling backwards into the crowd. And at the end, when the crowd erupts, he just tosses his guitar and walks off the stage. He was short. He was a legend. He's had tons of experience. I think he would literally just be the coolest person to talk to. And he has a total breadth so, of unreleased new music too that you'd be able to hear if you smoke with him. So he would be the coolest person ever. I okay, think. that's a good point that he's got unreleased music. But I mean, what is it going to start raining purple when you're smoking with him? I, I don't get a lot of these points. He's a cool <laughs> guy. He's small, so you gotta smoke with him. No, so he's got 120. I'd love to like. I'd love Greenwell to like, hang loves out smoking with, him. with tiny yeah, dudes. Gotta be you five always four. always did love smoking okay. with tiny, tiny with little Fonzies. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, but he was he, well, not cool ones. But hey, all right, Greenwald. So my what I was gonna pick would be Tupac Shakur okay, that's for one good. reason. I thought about that. Mike Tyson's biggest regret is not smoking weed with Tupac Shakur when given the chance because at the time he was a closeted smoker in the early 90s and he didn't want to get out. Obviously, he's in the boxing world that he was smoking weed. I would love to sit down with fucking Tupac, just talk about, I love West Coast, East Coast, the rap battle, what really went down with him and Biggie and all that shit. So I'm going to have to give this one to Greenwald. That was kind of in music, a music kind of enough. standpoint, yeah, thinking about Prince. Enough. And uh, and again, Obama is well, a lot. I know Obama's not your favorite. I get it. I get it. But I think so Obama's that? a That's great a, pick. And you guys are like Prince had 121 guitars. I'd love to just watch him solo on look all those guitars. You'd love to just look at the guitar. No, just watch him play the guitars, hear the new music, and have him tell me about his experience. This man was a celebrity in the 80s coming up. He had tons of unbelievable sexual experiences. I bet there'd be a lot of women running around his house and shit. It'd be very cool. Is that a three-way tie? We each got a point? I think so. Damn. All right, well, that's... Maybe in the future, you know what we can do? We can have a, a fan question for the tiebreaker. I think that'd be a great way to settle settle the tiebreaker. Maybe have our fans send yeah. us send us their own kind of hot box-styled question and, and put us put us on the spot. But let's move on to our movie recommendations. Uh, going forward, we're always going to have a movie pick. You know, a lot of the times in later episodes, I mean, we'll, we'll be talking about movies a good amount. We text about it all the time, giving ourselves little movie recommendations. Uh, so we want to we wanna share those opinions. We don't necessarily have the same taste all around, but we, we have an appreciation is the point. So who's going to lead us off with our movie pick for the week, guys? Yeah, I have no problem going first. So I actually picked my favorite movie of all time from my favorite director of all time which has some of my favorite actors of all time in it true romance um a 1993 doc um favorite movie of all time i mean not doc, favorite actors of all time movie. thinks it's a favorite movie of all time favorite, and when you're saying when you're saying director do you mean Shut tarantino 
Yes, Tarantino. Well, he 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 wrote it. He yeah, was I was going to say he didn't direct it. He was involved. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. He was right, involved. Right. This is my fucking You're point. Us That's my fucking point. It. Give us the pitch. Give us the pitch. Thank you. Whatever. So it's about this guy in Detroit who owns a fucking comic book store. He ends up marrying a call girl that his boys set up. He steals cocaine from her pimp and then tries to sell it in Hollywood. Meanwhile, the mob ends up tracking them down. It's just kind of the story of them going crossroad. It has Brad Pitt as a young star yeah, a young, actor. Yeah, with a small role. I love his role. Michael Rappaport, yeah, too. It's it's first. Michael Rappaport, oh, Christopher oh, Walken, yeah, 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 Samuel yeah. Jackson, Christian Slater was oh, in it. The goat. James Gandolfini, R.I. fucking P. At his anniversary was a week or two he'd ago. Be a good, he'd be a good doink, James Gandolfini. And, uh... And, I mean, and I'll give you at least it is kind of like it does have that Tarantino feel to it. A lot of those actors that we know he used in, in later movies throughout his career. He did write it like right, right around that yeah. Reservoir Dog Pulp Fiction time. So that Tarantino era, really. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that movie. It's, that's a great exactly. pick. Did, uh, Greenwald, what do you got? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, you guys see this? I got my one of my favorite movies Fargo. of all time. Fargo is my recommendation. It's actually a Coen Brothers movie. A lot of people out there probably know them, and you may not even realize it. I know that a lot of people love the movie The Big Lebowski. That's a Coen Brothers movie. No Country for Old Men. True Grit. They've got range. They're unbelievable. They're unbelievable. Some of the yeah. some of the most prolific writer director uh, combo out there, but. There's a couple things I love about this movie. First of all, it's a black comedy, which is just one of my favorite genres. That's like the genre of succession or something like that out there where, you know, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of dark material that it's going over. Another thing I love about this, it takes place in Fargo, uh, North Dakota, I believe it is. But all of the characters have these ridiculous Midwestern accents. So they're talking about like murder and they're like, oh, but don't you know? And, like, that's how they all talk, and it's the funniest shit. So throughout the whole movie, you're dealing with that. But um, that's how you're it's got a lot of great actors, like, up and coming at the time, or some famous. Steve Buscemi is a big, big character in it. Francis McDormand, who recently won the Academy Award for uh, two billboards outside Ebbing, Ebbing Missouri. But uh, William H. Macy, ironically, uh, is in it. And in the movie, he hires two low-life criminals, one of whom is Steve Buscemi, to kidnap his wife, and then uh, extort her wealthy father for the money to give him back. It obviously goes horribly, horribly wrong. And that's funny because William H. Macy's current wife in real life is actually a criminal. Uh, she was caught up in the college cheating academic scandal, whatever. And it, Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah. But, um, you know, AFI named it one of the hundred uh, greatest films in American history. It's in the National Film Registry of U.S. Congress. And one of the last things I love about this movie is that it'll, if you really like this movie, it'll give you a taste for this type of show or type of content. And there's a TV show uh, that's kind of like a spinoff from the movie. Uh, the third season should be coming out soon. It's got Chris Rock, uh, Jason Schwartzman. The early season has Billy Bob Thornton, Martin Freeman. Second season's got Patrick Wilson. Uh, it's such a, such a good show. Like one of my favorite shows, the third season had Ewan McGregor playing twins. I didn't like the third season as much to be honest, although I do like Ewan McGregor, but, uh, unbelievable movie. High, highly recommend one of my favorites of all time. As you can see the leg going in the wood chipper here, and that is part of the movie. So wait till you get there. 
All right, I guess I'm up. That's that's a good one as well. It's kind of a two-in-one. I know the series is really popular as well, so it's a good call. All right, my first movie recommendation, I wouldn't be being true to myself if I didn't choose Movie 43, okay? All my close Let's friends <laughs> know that this movie is very close to my heart. Okay, Stacked, stacked cast, first of all. Hugh Jackman, right Kate here. Winslet, Emma Stone, Insanity. Jared Butler, Anna Faris, Chris Pat, Halle Berry, and so many more. It never ends. Honestly, I'm not doing justice to that list. There are so many more stars that I didn't name right there. Uh, so many fucking people. For re- McLovin, McLovin's in McLovin. it, but for reasons beyond my understanding, it has some of the worst reviews I have ever seen in my life. One critic says, for instance, a top critic on Rotten Tomatoes says, as a film critic, I've seen nearly 4,000 movies over the last 15 years. Right now, I can't think of one worse than movie 43. I mean, I can't understand that opinion for the life of me. I will live and die on this hill. That movie 43 is full of laughs. I'll die on that hill. A couple things to understand about it. It's an anthology, which means it's a series of short films tied together. So it's not necessarily a movie with a start, beginning, and an end. And it's very important. This is a very important piece of information. There are two versions, okay? The American version and the international release. The American version is with Dennis Quaid. He's kind of this crazy guy trying to sell his movie idea. Okay, but however, in the British version, there's this different version where there's no Dennis Quaid. That part is filled in with like these three kids in their room that discover the movie by accident. So bad. One of the kids is uh, the dude with the no regrets tattoos <laughs> yeah. uh, from, from We're the Miller. Yeah. If you're watching that version, you're not watching the right one. Okay, It's got to be the Dennis Quaid version one. But movie 43, wow. I mean, it will... It's one of those movies. I don't know how many times I've I've seen it because greatest movie of all time. Any anytime I've seen it forty times. Anytime I have the option to show a friend this movie, I don't just want to recommend it to them. I need to watch it with them just to see their facial expression. That first scene when Hugh Jackman comes out there. Now I won't say any more because I don't want to ruin it. But it's preposterous what you will see. Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's appearance uh it's just one ridiculous thing after yeah a little little side note too that for those of you who do take this recommendation and go watch movie 43 uh something i didn't figure out until the second time i watched it or first time that i finished it stay for after the credits there's a there's a scene featuring an animated cat make (laughs) sure you watch that yeah yeah, don't forget to watch the scene after the credits it's pivotal to the plot development of the movie well, guys, um, you know, sometimes later on, we're recording this episode Tuesday. We're going to have, hopefully have it out by the end of the week. Now, normally we'll have kind of uh, some weekend watch recommendations. Uh, but because it's Tuesday, it's a little bit earlier for that. I think we've been talking for long enough. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. If you liked it, I don't know, maybe subscribe to us. Leave us a nice review. Check out our Instagram page, something like that. Feedback. I mean, Greenwald, I think one of our favorite parts of doing our college radio show was really the interaction we had with our listeners. 100%. People be texting us all throughout the episode, telling us that they're listening or not. And uh, I don't know. It was it was cool. It was cool. Like the three little phones. Yeah. So cool. let us know if you're listening, guys. Maybe give us some comments or criticisms, anything. We'd really love to hear from you guys. Yeah, and who knows? If you, if you, if you say something to us, you might hear one of your ideas, one of your questions, one of your recommendations on the podcast. 
you can make Liam look look like an idiot just like we do. So if you're interested please, in doing please, that, yes. please reach out. I'd Dude. be happy to make Liam look like an idiot on your behalf. I fucking dare you. I fucking dare you. Greenwald is a moron, doofus, king of the fucking murs. Follow me <laughs> at Dishwasher7. Fuck Greenwald. Coughlin, you're still my boy. Columbia's pretty chill. And that's episode Fuck one, Greenwald. everybody. So let's uh, let's tie it up. We're gonna we're gonna head out now. Cheers, boys. Peace. We're all Keep be lurking. Like three little Fonzies here. What's Fonzie like? Come on, Yolanda. What's Fonzie like? What? Correct the mundo. And that's what we're gonna be. We're gonna be cool.